0: Welcome to No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Tonight, we have a very, very special guest, a special episode. Um, I said I had a part one talking about COVID-19, and this is part two. So today we have a special guest, Ms. Karen. How are you doing tonight, Miss Karen?
1: Oh, I'm doing surprisingly well. Thanks for having me, Aaron.
0: Hey, Ms. Karen was on our episode. Uh, she was helping me co-host a uh, pop star next door on episode 53. And uh, she was awesome with it. So she rocked the house. I'm so happy that you could come on tonight.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, why I brought her on was because the other day, you know, it was, I want to say it was Saturday or Sunday. What day was it? Saturday I texted you or Sunday? Probably Sunday. I will say Sunday.
1: I think it was probably
0: Sunday. Sunday I texted Karen and I said, Hey, Karen, you know, I'm shooting memes to all my friends about the COVID 19. I'm like, you know, there's some jokes because I, at this point, I'm kind of like, ah, is this stuff real? Is this, is this really going on? So this is about two Sundays ago. And I sent her a meme and she sends me back a thermometer with some numbers on it and a temperature and I read that and my heart stopped right away because joke was not a joke anymore it hit me really hard and it read 101 degrees and from that point I'm gonna let you take over from there and uh let you let you tell the, the folks what's going on
1: uh, well, actually, it was just last Sunday. It seems like it was two Sundays ago. Okay, it
0: felt like. Last sorry, I felt like, okay last Sunday. Can fuck. All right, all right. It's been. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, um, I, I was, I was having some weird, um, something weird going on in my chest last Wednesday night. Actually, no, before that, sorry. I woke up Wednesday morning, broken out in hives, and just to preface this, I have autoimmune issues. So when my body is is starting to fight something, or it's it's you know, it's just I'm, I uh, I haven't had enough sleep or anything like that I, I break out with hives because um, my body is just letting me know you know it's it's going to tank soon. So um, that happened Wednesday morning. I thought maybe it's just because I I'd eaten maybe an empanada or a lobster roll the day before, and because I'm, I'm not really supposed to have gluten. So I was like, oh, that was really stupid of me. But then that evening. Um, And this coincides with all the big announcements where where it was really becoming real about this whole coronavirus thing. I I felt something kind of just weird in my chest. Um, It was like an itchiness and a dryness. And I had a cough, but it wasn't something that was consistent. It was, I I would cough a little bit, but I just knew something else was brewing in my chest. So um, the next day, Thursday, I decided to work from home uh, because I have a coworker who has cancer and just had a chemotherapy on Monday and just, just to be on the safe side, you know, err on the side of caution. I started working from home Thursday, uh, thankfully, and I, I still had the thing in my chest and I, I would cough every now and then, but otherwise I, I felt normal. And then fast forward to Friday, Friday evening, I, around like five o'clock, I was talking to my neighbor outside and all of a sudden I, I had this like weird headache that kind of hit me that kind of almost made me feel like I was going to pass out. I just got really dizzy and faint. So I went inside and I was like, there's there's something that's just off with of my body. So I essentially ate dinner and then put myself to bed early. And Saturday morning, I woke up at five in the morning. I was sweating and my body was just so overheated and I took my temperature. And sure enough, sure enough I had a low grade fever. So I was like, this... I, I think this might be the coronavirus. So uh, the first thing I did was I I texted um, some of my friends that I'd been out with like um, the past couple nights just to let them know uh, my what my symptoms were and, and just kind of encourage them to practice social distancing um, just in case. And then I tried to call my doctor's office, but it was a it was a Saturday, so of course it was closed. And the uh, physician on call couldn't talk to me if it wasn't an emergency and it wasn't because it was something I knew I could just uh, take care of at home. So uh, I went in with the mindset of I you know the way people doctors sometimes put patients into a medically induced coma. and let me just also tell you guys, I don't have a background in medicine, so this was just my like sort of logic and I I took an advil to try to bring my fever down and I took benadryl and I essentially slept all day saturday and all day sunday um just to help my body just you know fight this off um i didn't have any appetite zero appetite which is very unusual for me and i um i just had to force myself to drink like tea and bone broth just so i was keeping hydrated and getting some sort of you know sustenance in me uh and then monday i called my doctor my doctor's office and told her my symptoms and because of my, uh, my autoimmune issues, and also because I'd been in places where uh, there were a lot of people and some international people there, she really rallied to get me tested, which wasn't an easy thing to do. So I, uh, I went in Tuesday, got, got swabbed, and sure enough, Wednesday morning, I'm positive for COVID-19.
0: Wow. Wow. That's um, a lot to digest right now, um, this whole process um, that you've gone through, um, how do you, first of all, the people are probably wondering, how do you, how do you feel? That's the first question. How do you feel?
1: Actually, I, I feel pretty good right now considering, um, I, I have a bit of a, a lingering cough that gets a little bit worse at night. And, um, if, if I walk or do stuff around the house, I get a little bit like winded and short breath, but otherwise I'm, I'm feeling pretty good.
0: And how is it being um, isolated right now, just away from the world? I mean, I mean, I know you can talk to people and Facetime people and things of that nature, but um, you're by yourself for 14 days. How does it? I mean, what day are you on right now?
1: Oh my gosh! So I self quarantine full yourself, right? isolation Saturday. So so I'm not I'm not seven. I'm, I'm like short of a week into it. Um, honestly, it hasn't been that bad. Like I, you know what, I guess for me, I'm just trying to be super vigilant about keeping this to myself and not sharing it with anybody. Um I, I have my dog with me, so that probably helps a little bit to have his company. But otherwise I live alone and um to me I'm it's more like just a a forced retreat because I mean the alternative is like potentially exposing other people who can't handle it. And that would that's something I just I, I can't do.
0: And I remember um you and I were just chit texting back and forth. Tell me the process. Can you can you tell us a little peek behind the curtain of how they like top secret? Like you gotta go here, you gotta go there. <laughs> Is there any like you don't gotta tell like the deep dark secret, but what like the whole process of getting tested?
1: No, well it it was, it's it was I, I think I told you this. It almost felt like I was doing a drug deal because yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my doctor called in the order on Monday. Um, Tuesday morning, I get a phone call and, um, the, where I was getting it done, I'm not going to say where it was, but they, they gave me a call and they said, you have an appointment at three 15, you know, show up here on this street, pull your car over, keep your doors closed, your, uh, windows, uh, rolled up and wait for the security guard to approach you for further directions. And so it was like super under the radar. And I completely understand why, because, you know, I think they, they they don't want a ton of people trying to get in there because I know there there would be people who, despite the fact that you need a, a medical order to go there, would still try. And they don't have enough kits, so th- they're really trying to save this for the people that really probably are affected by it. But um, it, it was really quick, really streamlined. Um, essentially, I, I drove to this white tent uh, where two people in what hazmat suits—I um, think they're called the hoods—are called pappers, purified air a respirator protection, something along those lines, um, came up to me and they, um, had me open my door and swing my legs out. And they first one, one person hands me a tissue and and tells me, okay, this is in case your nose starts running and you know, if your eyes water. And I thought, oh, okay. Um, now I'm not having those, those symptoms, but, um, I, I think it was foreshadowing for me because they pull out these two, these two like long sticks that essentially look like they have mascara spoolies. Do you know what a mascara spoolie is?
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? i not going to lie to you. And for all the men that listen, we probably have no idea what, this, what, what is the spoolie is. What is a spoolie?
1: It's basically like a little <laughs> bristle. It's almost like a, a pipe cleaner or like a, like a uh, really you. skinny bottle brush.
0: Right. Got so,
1: you. So then they insert the first one in my nostril really deep and they twist a couple times and pull that out. Oh. <laughs> and then oh. they do it again to the second one. Uh, it, it was kind of like having a brain box biopsy it felt like it was (laughs) a bit uncomfortable and it definitely made my eyes really water so that's why they gave me the tissue I didn't realize initially why but it, it definitely was uncomfortable but but quick
0: wow that's that that's intense that's very intense and then were you nervous um during that time period when you got tested to when you they call you and say you're positive for this COVID-19.
1: No, I wasn't nervous at all because I already, I knew already that I had it. um, And I'd been taking all the necessary precautions. I would have been nervous if I really hadn't listened to my body and to my, you know, my instinct. And if I would have been going out and exposing other people, even if it was just to go to the grocery store, I would have felt bad. But because I, I put myself immediately on lockdown and um, didn't see anybody other than the people in the hazmat suits, um, at the testing. So I, I felt pretty good about it because, um, and there was just some peace of mind knowing that I, I had it, um, so that I could really continue to exercise the right, uh, precautions because, you know, if, if not knowing it, it would be one of those things where I'm like, Oh, well, I don't know if I have it. I probably don't, or I, I don't have the symptoms anymore. So since I didn't get tested, I'm going to go to the grocery store to pick something up. So, you know, that really, you know, kept me I was
0: like on the straight and narrow. Wow. Now. All right. So you felt those symptoms last Wednesday, correct?
1: Yes. Well, so, we the very so first one last Wednesday. Right,
0: so let's, let's rewind. Let's rewind the clock a little bit back now. And I mean, some reports say 14 days, some reports say 21 days. You and I were discussing, you've been everywhere for the last 12, well, 14 to 21 days. Um, People always, people are going to probably ask this question. Do you know where you were? Do you know where you think you got it? I mean, because that's what people are going to ask. And I think a lot of people don't understand, like, your best friend could have it. You don't know. They, they could be the carrier. Like, wherever, like, just, you don't got to tell us your social life, but where were you were, I mean, geographically, just saying.
1: I've been a lot of social gatherings and events, like, more than I can probably even name uh, just the nature of my job, and then also I'm just a very social person as it is. So I mean, I I was at a a USO gala on Tuesday, which uh, like last Tuesday, not this Tuesday, where there were a ton of um, like people from all over. Seven hundred people, there were eight hundred, and you know you had it, people like the Secretary of Defense there, the um, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Gronk was there, you know, like so it was just like really like a ton of people. um, before that, a few days before that, I was at a blood drive. I was at a, not one, but two super busy restaurants. I was at a wizard's game. I've been like everywhere and not to mention every other place I've gone to, just like that I go all the time, like the grocery store, the gym. And and honestly, the, the one takeaway is that there's no way to pinpoint where I got it because the incubation time differs with everybody and they're not really this is still a new thing. So nobody's really sure what it is. We're still just kind of figuring it out. Um, So the the one thing I I want people to realize is that people can be asymptomatic and be carrying it. So it really can be just like the, your neighbor that has it or um, you know, the, the cashier at the store, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of scary, but that's, that's the reason that the government's putting all of these, restrictions and you know really trying to instill social distancing because we're, we're trying to be safe here at, at this point even when I got interviewed um by the the health department and I wanted to tell them kind of all the places I've been they, they kind of indicated to me that like yeah you know it's not going to make much of a difference it's 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 just about everywhere now so we're wow. not going to really be able to pinpoint it
0: so so wait the health department even admitted that it's everywhere right now that's oh, I,
1: I'm not sure if I want to, should I? No, 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 no. I mean, well,
0: it doesn't matter. I mean, at, at the end yeah. of the day, they, it, I mean, um, Mr. Gavin Newsom from um, from California, he just came out with a statement saying that it's going to be all over California within the next eight weeks. So, I mean, what you're saying is not too far off. I mean,
1: well, and it's here's here, here.
0: It's here. People have to realize that.
1: Here's what everybody has to realize as well, if they haven't already This is vastly underreported because first of all, they don't have enough tests to go all around to everybody. And because it is so difficult to get tested, you really have to jump through hoops to get tested. People aren't going to be able to find out. So they're telling most people, if you have symptoms, you just need to stay at home and ride it out.
0: Right. And you were fortunate to get into a testing spot and get it done. Yeah.
1: Now, a- absolutely and, and i think it was like the perfect timing because honestly like any later and i think it would just be a madhouse like it, it was a, a really smooth process for me and and also I'm, I'm really thankful to my my primary care physician she's amazing and she's oh she's always been a huge advocate of mine and she also trusts me so she really you know me calling her she knew there was like something up and she was like the one that said yeah let's we're gonna get you tested
0: now you know what uh, where, the reason why I really, really love hearing this story and what you're saying is because a lot of people are seeing now, all these NBA players are getting tested. All these celebrities are getting tested. You know what I mean? But you are a regular person just like you and I, I know you, you know, you know, when, when I found out, when you told me this, my heart sunk. I was like, I knew it was, It's not. you know, it was like, damn, like, this is somebody I know. I've known you probably for over 10 years and it just blew my mind. It's like wow we just did an interview together like like three four weeks ago and i I'm like, know and i'm thinking here like and then you know i reached out to our friend libby i was like libby you know um karen has COVID 19 she's like started counting immediately I'm like no we're good I was <laughs> I mean, like, everybody we're good. does it everybody
1: does it <laughs> they, they actually I, I, I messaged libby too and uh we're gonna we're gonna do a facetime happy hour
0: as well. Just nice. <laughs> nice. No, she was counting the days. Like one, day. I'm like, you good. You good. You good. Libby. But what did you, you said something very important about social distancing. You said something very important. what did you say to your friends when you told them you had it? What was their reaction? Cause you told me something. Go ahead. Blow them oh. up, up. It's no, Hey, it, this is real life. This is what's going on in the world right now. People need well, to hear. Yeah,
1: it. no, I, I told them and it's a natural sort of reaction. You know, they were like, Oh, I hope you feel better soon. And some of the other ones were like, Oh, you've got this. You'll be fine. But they weren't like taking it seriously enough. And I, you know, I don't think it really like hit home to them that because, you know, it was just me saying, Oh, I have a fever and the cough. They're like, they, they kind of almost felt like they poo pooed it. Um, which, which I totally get because, you you know, I feel like until you know somebody who has it, and this, the real reason I also wanted to do this with you is like, I want people to know I'm a real person. And a lot of people, out there you know that are listening do know me personally and so if you know if it's you know my name and I'm not just a number then you kind of realize wow this is like really happening so if I was kind of being careless and following those social distancing rules now maybe I'll be a little bit more vigilant because if it can happen to Karen it can happen to me and it can happen to me it can happen to my mom and my 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 sister and my cousin and my best friend
0: and, you know, it's crazy you say that because um, my both my parents have had cancer and their immune systems have been compromised, obviously. And, you know, I would never want to jeopardize them something like something like this, you know. And I, I, I used to go see my parents every Sunday night for dinner. Now I'm like, I'm, I can't I can't go see you guys. You know, I don't want to, you know, jeopardize their health, you know, and I commend you for doing what you did.
1: Yeah, well, you know, like I, I just, I don't think I could carry that weight on my shoulders. It's one thing, you know, if I, if I had passed it along without knowing, but the fact that I even had that the risk was there, and you know, I, I take it seriously that again, we're putting all these these restrictions. I mean, they, the country doesn't just do travel bans. The NBA doesn't shut their season down. Disneyland doesn't just close just for something like a simple flu there's a lot more going on than people realize and i almost think um, that you know they they're telling us less because you know they they want to like minimize the panic because i mean what what happens when you say don't panic people panic so you know they i mean the most important thing is and people have read this a lot is we're just trying to flatten this curve and it's it's not just you know to protect our health and you know those of our our loved ones who could be immunocompromised or like elderly, but it's also really to you know protect our healthcare system because uh, the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. The hospitals and medical workers are going to be overburdened. And so we have to really try our best to slow this spread down, which is happening at this point, so that they have time to treat everybody because otherwise we're going to be in the same situation that Italy is in where they're basically doing, they're having to you do triage decision-making here on who lives and who dies. It's, it's Sophie's choice for them. And I mean, if we, if we all do our part, and it's something so simple, like I said, it, it just staying at home and, and staying away from people, we could really like help protect our healthcare system and our medical workers, because they're the ones too that are are getting infected because they're the ones that are facing like exposure every day when they go to work.
0: No, you you hit it on the head on something that is very, very, very important. Um, you know, I, I interviewed a doctor last night, and after the podcast, you said it. You said something very important. She stated to me, she was like, normally like preventable deaths. Um, like for instance, like somebody has a heart attack, somebody has a bad car accident, other forms. <laughs> of No, you're fine, or other forms of. <laughs> Uh, that's, that, that's that, that's that, that's that, that's that real thing. That's like that COVID 19 right now coming up. Yep. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it's all good. No, that's real. That's real though. Cause I need people to understand this is, a, a, and that did sound like a dry ass cough. That was yeah, no, call.
1: nothing coming up. So that was
0: straight like dust coming out. But cause I'm looking at it right now and that was a dry cough. But um, she was like, the part I didn't talk about in other death, death toll. Will result the normally the normally preventable deaths that won't that won't have resources to help heart attacks, bad car accidents, other forms of trauma, even things like, um, like appendix. No hospital beds or masks or blood products, et cetera, Where resources will be diverted everywhere else. So basically, saying simple things like if we get in a bad car accident, somebody has a heart attack, the hospital is going to be so flooded with people who have the COVID nineteen, it's going to hurt other people trying to come in for other things that typically can be done easily. Well, but- you
1: know, I, I think people aren't really like registering is that s- say a hospital has 600 beds. Those 600 beds, first of all, they're not interchangeable. They all have different purposes. There's some for ICU. There's, there, there's some that are just like straight up gurneys. They're, they all have different purposes. And so um, when you hear 600 beds, that mean, doesn't mean like, oh, they can treat 600 coronavirus patients.
0: Right. Th- 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 right. Th- that
1: doesn't all apply. Also, the coronavirus is not in place of the flu. It's not in place of any of these other things. It's in addition to. So you have the flu. You have this. You have appendicitis. You have heart attacks. You have the car accidents that you know you were mentioning. So it's on top of everything.
0: And you have to see the sex cordon off one area just for coronavirus. You have to. Because the people yeah, can okay. go into one area, you know? And you I, like you said, I see... Go ahead. So you're,
1: you're, you're seeing this already where like, you know, if you're driving by um, in, in the parking lots, they're setting up these triage units where um, essentially anybody that's suspected with coronavirus, that's where they go. So they don't go into the ER and infect other patients who have other things. And again, who probably have weakened immune systems.
0: Right. And then, and I, you know, I one thing I wanted to point out on this tonight was one thing that really kind of upset me. And I don't know if you read it, you probably had time <laughs> to the, while you're here that, um, a lot of people are so excited about, I saw a lot of, and I hate social media for this, but people are so excited about, like, you're like, China, you know, they, 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 they have nobody, nobody has it anymore, no more cases anymore. I mean, look at what they're doing. I and mean, America can do the same thing. And I want to tell people, <laughs> the way China did things is totally different from how we we're doing things. Um, they pretty much shut everything down like there was nothing going on like if you walked out your house they they tested you you got out your car they tested you they did your temperature everywhere you went and if you got a temperature they you couldn't go back home or if you were home by yourself you couldn't leave your house the us is not that strict no uh, so you
1: know what when...
0: people don't people don't realize that they don't realize the extreme that china did that we're not we're nowhere close to what they're doing right now
1: no, not at all. People, you know, people are forgetting that we have different societal structures right. and um, they, they had to basically do draconian measures to, to get that, to get them to where they are in the U S because everyone's like, Oh, I'm a free person. I could do whatever I want. Preach. People are just kind of like taking it as a suggestion. And because right now we're not, you know, not enforcing it it's not being done. So people are spreading it every day, you know, like Asia really learned from what I read. And again, I'm I'm not a doctor, so this is just, you know, what I can recall, but they really learned from their SARS outbreak from, you know, a couple of years ago, how badly can go. So this time around, they, they really kind of, you know, put the kibosh down. And I mean, you see like everyone here is just like taking it as like, yeah, Uh, I'll mostly do it, but maybe I'll cheat here. And all it takes is you to cheat once and just to spread it to somebody else. And I'm sure everybody's seen all the infographics already. How, you know, how it multiplies exponentially and how one person can infect this many people. So it's.
0: It blows my mind. Well, it blows my mind. I I looked at a couple of uh, things today. Costco. Lying wrapped around the corner. People next side by side. Okay, so uh, people, this is not working correctly. <laughs> You're literally oh, we got we got give it a second, got give. It a second. <laughs> Dude, this. Is, I'm so
1: sorry. I'm no, trying so hard no, not to no,
0: cough. This, and this is not getting edited out because this is
1: no real,
0: no no holy field. This is real. This is real life, folks. And I mean, I'm looking at her, and it's making me painful seeing her cough. It's making me painful seeing it. So, and um, but going back to what we we're saying. I just want you said it right. There's different liberty. We we enjoy freedoms and liberties over here that we take for granted. And the people would understand. Over there, there's no freedoms, and liberties, that liberties that they're doing. They're telling them this is what it is, this is how they're gonna get it fixed. And it was very extreme. Over here, guess what? <laughs> we're not gonna shut down the we're not gonna tell you cut martial law because then everybody will say, These are my freedoms. Guess what? That this is why it's gonna continue. I don't know if you saw on CBS the spring breakers who were like, I don't oh. care. Let's just, I'm if I get coronavirus, so what? But it came out today, the highest rate of people in the hospital were 20, uh, 39 to 40, whatever age group. We 20 was. to
1: 52 year olds. I think yes. 40%, 40% yes. of people hospitalized are in the, I think 20 or 21 to like 52 age range.
0: Right. So can you imagine? So you got think people think, I mean, and that's why I like, so I did part one last night with the doctor and part two with somebody who has it. And I was just telling her earlier today, my cousin has it now. And she works in the hospital. She's in the front line. She has it. And they sent her home because she has shortness of breath and everything else. And now she's vomiting. And I, I sent you the me- you know showed you the message. Yeah, now she's quarantined. She's quarantined. And it's going to take her five days to get the results back. Five days, folks. But now she's quarantined and she has three kids. Three kids. And, She's quarantined
1: in the basement, right? She's, yeah. She has it go down to the basement. In the I basement of her house.
0: Me. Yeah, in the basement of her house. So this is serious. I want people to take this serious. And, you know, I, I don't want to keep people too long. But Karen, what do you want to say to wrap it up in one big bow? Just so people understand like how serious this is. And, you know, and we're, we're, we're it's an honor again for you to ha- come on the show because you did not have to do this. You could be sitting at home watching Netflix and hulu and just chilling so i don't want to deal with the world i'm depressed but your spirit has inspired me to go and preach the gospels and because i wasn't going to do a COVID 19 podcast i didn't want to do one but just talking with you and i know you and it hit me harder it hit me really hard and then i told a couple friends like oh my god you have a friend where do they live i'm like it doesn't matter where they live (laughs) it doesn't matter when you go out and get that cheesesteak sub that you want, guess what that person behind us, you know, it just doesn't matter, but I'm, it's an honor and pleasure to have you on to tell your story because now there's a face with a person who lives in Maryland, folks. They live in Maryland. That's all I'm going to tell you. All yeah. right. And she was just recording with me three, week, four weeks ago. Okay. So wrap it up with them both for us. Take it home for us. Well,
1: I mean, other than just like really just, really adhering to the social distancing and and minimizing your your contact with people because they're putting these restrictions on us for a reason to keep us safe and to protect our our people and our healthcare system but um i mean i just really wanted to go on here so that people did know a real person so that um it hits home and and you realize it could be you or anybody you know and love and but but i also want people to know you don't have to panic like most of the people who get it are going to recover But you just want, you want to do the right thing and, and not expose someone who can't recover or again, expose too many people so that the hospitals can't handle the the flood of people that come in. So just you guys be smart and, and be selfless at this point. It's, there's this meme, that meme going around, um, where it was like, your, your grandparents were called to war. It's something along the lines. Your grandparents were called to war. You're being asked to sit on your couch and watch Netflix. You've got this. It's first world problems we're dealing with. Like just they're they're not asking you to do anything bad. In fact, for me, this has kind of been a nice like break because I'm being forced to relax because I can't do anything else. So you guys just just do the right thing. And this will will all be over sooner rather than later if, if we all just adhere to the rules. Because this is really, you know, we need to look out for our, our, our brothers and sisters here.
0: So, hey, I couldn't say it any better. On that note, I appreciate you, Miss Karen, for coming on. I can't wait for us to co-host again. Um, get well, please, please get well. Uh, just take your time. Get yourself back to health. Are you eating again at all right now? Or uh, a
1: little bit, not okay. But you know what? Like honestly, if I stay on this this COVID nineteen diet, I might be <laughs> bikini ready by, by I might be bikini ready by uh by Sunday. This is. Uh,
0: I'm I'm, going to tell you, I think summer's canceled too. I think summer's (laughs) summer's canceled and and schools are canceled. I'm pretty sure school will be canceled too. So summer and school. So I appreciate you coming on and thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Aaron. It's been great speaking with you.
0: We're out.